listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music. Thanks again for uh, coming out, and uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it, and there he goes again. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's oh, starting. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, in my house, a black cat walking across you is an everyday occurrence, so mm. it's not bad luck. Well, we all... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, how have y'all been? Uh, what have y'all been up to lately? Man, uh... Honestly, just been on the on the musicians grind between making money and making art. Hmm. Yeah, this whole time. Hmm. So that's gigging and uh, what 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 keep, what's keeping you busy? Uh, gigging, obviously, finding new gigs uh, hmm. and just trying to make sure that you're booked out ahead of time, so you don't have to worry month by month. You know, yeah. you can be booked out three, four months in advance. Oh, yeah. And then uh, also trying to balance that out with creating. So recording originals, writing originals, um, you know, learning new songs with, with different people and collaborating. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that's how we keep ourselves busy. Plus oh. the daily, daily lives, you know. Yeah. The yeah. normal stuff. <laughs> yeah. So how did, how did y'all meet or how did Artemis Funk come to, come to be? Um, so I had met gay briefly at a, a dallas jam session hmm. at the green elephant oh yeah um it was just in passing but we didn't start playing together until about 2018 hmm. is when artemis funk had um first come together and um i was finishing school and i didn't have a place to play saxophone anymore mm. and so um the original drummer of artemis funk is the one who started the band and he hit okay. me up and he was like hey i'm trying to uh, start a band are you in and i was like if i can play saxophone then i'm your guy <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah we our first jam session Together, Gabe was there along with... Um, it was just you, me, and Demario. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Our we, other two members hadn't even didn't even show up that day. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we just kind of like jammed for like a couple hours and it was a pretty good fit and, you know, rest is history, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been playing, me and Gabe have been playing together for four years now. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, who came up with the name? Our, our <laughs> guitarists. Um, so it's Quinn Reed and uh, at the time, uh, James Gammon. They had already had like, a, I know James's name on Instagram was like Artemis Smoothwood. Uh, don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, at first we were called the DeMario Davis Band and mm. Quinn, Quinn was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. And after a string of um, interesting gigs that we had, we had kind of been put in uh, last minute, hmm. uh, finally came up with the name Artemis Funk and it just stuck. And then it, it, it wasn't until we played our first Treehouse Fest where like that name really just, that was our name. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you all fans of uh, the Artemis Fowl books? <laughs> Uh, I don't think I've read one. I know what you're talking about, but I don't think I've ever read one. People point. I'm like, our name's Artemis Fung, and they're like, Artemis Fowl. And I'm like, uh, sure. Sure, yeah. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. I think I just read the first one. That was forever ago. <laughs> Would you recommend? Uh, yeah. I think that, what I are they I even about? <laughs> I just remember liking it. Man, it's, oh, okay. it's tough. Because it, it came out a long time ago. Yeah. Like, I think we were like in like fifth or sixth grade. Probably. Oof. And I don't know if I finished it. I remember being into it, but I had a bad habit of being like a bad like media junkie it's being like oh like this is a cool like book and they're like yeah i want to watch this show you know on this thing yeah just jumping all book. over yeah. the place yeah yeah and they're like whatever happened i've been <laughs> i've been trying to rectify that the last like few years like trying mm. to go back in my mind like i never finished that gundam series like what the hell happened yeah. oh <laughs> like you know they get like a random flashback of like because i have like a pretty videographic like memory and i feel like i'll be watching something I'm like Oh my God! Something will just click. I'm like, right. I remember that character. I don't remember how that ends. So I like, stopped right there. Oh, that, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, start looking. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like recently right now I'm on a Transformers kit kind of for something Ooh. like that. Like when I was a kid, I was so into it, like super into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and then like it's just been nice. Like the like it's been the last week I watched the Bumblebee movie, the one that came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah a couple yeah. years ago. And yeah, I just got like hooked. I don't know what it was. Uh, it just tricked you know, just open it up. Are you sticking to just live action? Or are you oh. going to the animated oh, stuff no, too? Oh yeah, the animated stuff. Oh, that's okay. what I was. That's what I grew up on. Right. Was that's like the early two thousand that uh, tsunami? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I, I that whole tsunami it. lineup, you know, man, raised me for a minute. No, Flames. Oh, <laughs> no, you they ain't had lying. That, uh, they had the Transformers like Beast. Um, oh yeah, the Beast remember? Wars. The Beast Wars. Hell, yeah. 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 Hell yeah. That was my favorite. That was my shit. Yeah, my Cybertron, Optim Optimus right. Primal, and uh, yeah, my dad the got me the the yeah the Optimus Primal toy for Christmas like one, the big one year. Yeah, the gorilla, the big chrome one or whatever, or the black, uh, the, the silverback one. Yeah, 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 that yeah, one. Yeah, Optimus Primal. Yeah, Damn, that one's lit. <laughs> I remember. Being, I, well, I'm just. I still want one of those. That's what I've been doing. It's like trying to retrace my mind and just be like, damn, I remember that one figure. You know, like you're like whatever i don't even know what year it was but like christmas thing I'm like that's all i want you know just give me that one thing yeah i know i want that thing again now i'm turning into one of those people that's like i'm looking for my star wars figure from like 1977 Ooh. like box good luck you know yeah. <laughs> now i'm like that but just with the early 2000s like damn yeah gotta find it before it's gone that's why i can uh, <laughs> i collect pop figures now and just leave mm. them in the box because i feel as if we've all learned our lesson at playing with our toys <laughs> doing exactly what we were supposed to do with our toys taking right. them out of the box Enjoying them. and yeah. now now you see the same toy you you played with and threw around and it's yeah. chipped and stuff is selling for like twelve hundred dollars yeah now it's a commodity yeah damn it yeah <laughs> well now i have nephews i think that's what's triggering it too. oh there you go because okay. i'm like oh because they're like they're like five and six now so i'm oh, like oh you can get like this toy or i can get this toy for your birthday or whatever and it's like triggering that and i'm like, like oh, i'm gonna man. get one for me <laughs> <laughs> like i'm gonna get this for when y'all come over you know it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it'll, it'll, it won't leave here though yeah, yeah. no it stays here so but stays like y'all can you can borrow y'all can come hang out you know <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah but no yeah tsunami for sure that was the shit yeah like, yeah because that's yeah that was dbz that that's what really firmed it up because i would see it because i mean dragon ball z is technically from when like it started in like the 80s yeah the oh, okay. 80s yeah like 88 or 89 something mm -hmm. like that yeah and so like by that time like i know i'd seen like snippets or like an episode or something prior to that but then once they had it like every day i was like oh my god yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. that was uh that was like uh america's big introduction to anime uh mm -hmm. that and pokemon no, yeah. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. It's like two biggest shows on the planet. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh eventually. Yu-Gi-Oh eventually, which rest in Shout peace. Shout out. R. Yeah, R. Yeah. absolutely. Do you, I'm sorry, but do you know his name? Oh, man. No. Okay. 
I, I apologize. I will learn the la- name next time, and or like I'll make oh, a post or something. Look it up. Yeah, yeah, just yeah look, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, what's crazy is I had this this same kind of kick had me like just last week prior to, to the news. I just, I just randomly like at Target like bought a pack. Bought a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> like out of impulsiveness. Like Did- I was like. Hey, it's been so long. Did like, you I'm recognize any of the cards? Or were dude, you like, oh, you know, I know these cards. Dude, you know the thing that blew, blew me away was how complicated it had become. Like, oh, yeah. Like all these little like side <clears throat> diagrams and little things. I was like, holy shit. This is a, uh, you have to read like a book to like understand what this Whoa. this thing is going to do. I mean, it is literally like, because you know, like some of them would have a paragraph on it. Mm. That thing is two paragraphs. But now they have like, like a backstory crunchy. and Not, this is its astrology sign. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it was nuts. Honestly, I just wanted to get it because it was something that was like you could get like older characters, but like renewed. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool to get, you know. Black, dark Magician. Or yeah, something, something yeah. like that. Yeah. They, they got me. And then the Stallion yeah. Machine got me. <laughs> well, rest in peace, Kazuki Takahashi. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yes. Passed away from a, uh, I think a diving accident or a diving incident, something like snorkeling. That. snorkeling. Snorkeling, dang, yeah, man, that's crazy. Wealthy people go different; <laughs> they, they they just die differently, man. They, you know, uh, none of my cousins have ever passed away from snorkeling or or you know base yeah. base diving or jumping or whatever. Yeah. Uh, never. No. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> So uh, going back to the music, <laughs> how, did, how did we get, well, I guess Toonami was a vehicle for a lot of different conversations. Uh, it's but, all influence, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you, you I, well, I knew this, that you play the saxophone, but you, you mentioned it as well. Uh, what, what brought you to play the saxophone? Um, I grew up listening to 107.5 the oasis there you go yeah (laughs) that was my mom's like favorite radio station Mm, so i kind of had like this affinity i guess for jazz music growing up Mm. and whenever i was in fourth grade that's whenever they started letting kids at my school join band and Mm. immediately i was like saxophone nice yeah. Was there any like song that was like a foundation of like sax is like amazing? Not really. I just I just knew like I liked jazz. Like I mm. like she my mom liked Kenny G and stuff, but I couldn't I could probably couldn't name you one Kenny G song. Mm. I probably know it if I heard it. Yeah. But yeah. It's kinda how I just got into saxophone. Hmm. So how long have you been playing? Eighteen years. Nice. Yeah. In September, it'll be 19 years. Right. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn. How long have you been playing trumpet? Um, how old am I? Um, oh, 18 years as well. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It has also been 18 years. Cool. Yeah. But my mom, uh, I got into trumpet because my mom, I was singing. I was in all city choir for like three years before. Mm. Uh, auditions for band even opened up and Mm -hmm. my mom didn't give me a choice because I was like I'm just going to be a choir kid and she was like no I want you to learn how to play an (laughs) instrument you're going to learn how to read sheet music and uh, yeah I I, man I I remember getting so hyped with my friend because I was like I'm going to play trumpet and he was like I'm going to play trumpet too and he went in like the period before me to, to select his instrument and he came out and I was like 
oh man, did you get your? Did they give you a trumpet already? And he's like, I'm playing trombone. <laughs> <laughs> and I got frightened, bro. I went in there. Oh, I was so scared. And they were like, Oh no, you may be a trombone player. I was like, No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. So what? Uh, what made your mom want to focus on that, or want you to focus on that? Um. Did she was did she play anything? Or? She she was a singer as well. Oh. Um, so to be to be very frank with you, I, I still don't know to this day. I think she was in the case that something happened to where you can't sing anymore. At least you can mm. do something, or you know, it was just to give me an option because yeah. she could tell. Because uh, I played baseball and soccer, and she could tell that I was not into athletics at all, mm. and then. You know, just diversified talents on the different. She want to give you an edge. Yeah, she yeah. could see your future. She nah. was like, "My baby gonna be an Artemis Fowl." Man, she wanted <laughs> she wanted me to to be an engineer. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but you know. Anyways, the, the rest is history, as they say. And so I've been ever since I got picked to play trumpet. I've been playing trumpet for for eighteen years and. Haven't looked back since. That's a very bad impression of your mom. I'm sorry. Well, you know, she's a wonderful woman. Yeah, <laughs> sound just like it. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't, I, I don't know if it was a good impression or not, but I thought it was great. <laughs> it's spot on. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so is there any, uh, now that y'all have been together for some time, is there any, uh, uh, music or, or any uh, form of inspiration that y'all use to guide how y'all, you know, create or anything like that? I guess, um, I guess it kind of depends on, like, what kind of music mm. I'm listening to at the time. Because I definitely see, um, like, concepts mm. that, that I listen to regularly. I find it, like, in, my, in the stuff that I write, and I'm like, oh... I'm just ripping everybody off. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been really into like, like these new like R&B, like kind of like neo soul bands, like the female led ones. Mm, Like who? Um, Like No New Friends and Mm. Couch and like Sammy Ray and the Friends Hmm. and bands like that who... It's kind of like guitar driven, kind of like R&B music and... uh, I've been working on a song for a few months now, and I'm like, "Oh snap! These are the exact same chords that these all these guys, all these kinds <laughs> of guys are using." And I'm like, "Oh, I mean, they're in like kind of like a different order, but it's like the similarities are there." <laughs> Just definitely Sue worthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you're aware, but. but I mean, that's that's part of the practice, though. It's, it's yeah, it's just like imitation and like you know emulation. Yeah, lead to some form of creation. Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. That's true. What about you, Gabe? Um. Hmm. Or who have you been listening to? I guess that's kind of the main question. <laughs> um. What is it Michael lately? Well. Well. Sorry. Um. Michael, the Michael Leonhardt um, orchestra is kind of like this modern day. Uh, jazz orchestra hmm. i've been kind of uh, stuck on them for like a couple of weeks on his work and it, you know he's already a grammy award-winning trumpet player but then uh is a extremely talented and prolific composer but 
Hmm. When it comes to me writing, I have to, um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel as if the the song is out there and it just finds me. Hmm. Uh, and then I'll hear something and then it'll just kind of like speak through me. Oh, yeah. And then I'm, I'm, then I'm wiped out for like two weeks. Um, <laughs> Cause it takes me once I, okay, I can write a first verse very quickly, hmm. but to write any more verses, it, I need to sit and sleep on it and hear it in my dreams and all this good stuff. Hmm. Uh, but what I, what I've really, what I really dig is like, um, what's his name? Like, uh, if I'm writing horn lines, I like Quincy Jones a lot. Hmm. I think Quincy oh, yeah. Jones was just the the man when it comes to arranging and composition for yeah. the past, you know, 30, 40 years oh. of, of writing commercial music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gold, so gold I get a, standard. Yeah. Gold yeah. standard. And I get a lot of inspiration from from him and what he did. And mm. uh and then singing wise, like I'm a I'm a huge Tower of Power fan. Mm. Oh, um, nice. Uh so I, when I sing ballads, because I sing a lot of ballads, I like I like it to be chesty and hmm. and emotional, and I like to kind of drown you in what I'm feeling. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the feel, the the uh, that is the goal when I write. Yeah, yeah, kind of what you're channeling. Yeah, a little bit. Hmm. The ghost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta find those focal points or jumping off points, you know. But it's it's also it's just a seed. Like you're saying, like you practice and emulate, and it'll lead the Right. creation because i don't know because I, I think anybody does that looks at their stuff and like oh well that's i mean like santana can look at his guitar parts and be like well that's just coltrane like you know yeah. looking at something like that everyone will do it <laughs> right exactly if you think that you're making something completely original you're absolutely wrong most times not um now what about you sam because mm. i know you you yeah. write and you have a band and you perform and everything record you've got this drum mic set up behind us yeah yeah i have a lot of works in progress <laughs> so where so what is your driving force mm, let's see you know I'll, I'll give you some of my inspirations lately like because okay. that's that'll be easy for me to pull out real fast because uh, i've been kind of in the same line as you uh, it's more of a r&b kind of a soul thing yeah like uh are y'all familiar with the men i trust mm-hmm. at all they're like real kind of like they're, they're, they definitely fit that, but they're like kind of like woozy synths and uh, real soft, you know, vocals. And they're, they're just really high quality, uh, like not just execution and production, but uh, the way it's just put together. So it's, it's just a great mood. Like every, every, every one of their songs is really done, well done. Uh, but uh, them and like, uh, oh man, I, I've been obsessed with Corey Henry. Literally. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the last, like, I don't know two and a half weeks or something like that. I just, I, I think it's, I didn't realize he had a, a compilation album, the, mm-hmm. like a, the best of me one. I've just been playing that thing over and over. And it's like, man, I love it. Um, and I, I practice to it a lot. Like I'll, I'll play drums to it and try Ooh. and figure out like what the, the, you know, the funky beat is or, or nice. and try and understand what it is and look it up and, uh, and then try and like riff off of that, like the, so I can understand. And I also have like a little beat machine over here, like a little beat looper that I can adjust and, uh, uh, you know, the BPMs and the style. And so uh, it, it's also practicing. It's, it's also practice for me to get inspired from that. To, you know, it doesn't matter. It's funk loop 11, but I'm going to slow it way down. Uh, I'm going to add some like weird effect to it. And then I'm not going to, I mean, that's just going to be my click track at the end of the day, but I just play to it for like a really long time. Um, so th- that's, those have been like 
the things like like playing to those two artists like lately and using that as like a I don't know, like kind of a mood jumping off point, whatever. Because, right. right? yeah, I mean, that's definitely, if I don't have a partner I'm working with, which hasn't, I, I haven't had one really much this year, uh, I, I definitely just channel whatever music I just think is hitting me in whatever particular way. Right. But the other thing, obviously, <clears throat> is I have a very diverse, like, ear, so it's kind of, like, challenging. Like, if you, like, ask me, like, that's what I was saying right now. It's, I'll like, hard you, to narrow it down. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, if you open the scope... You know, mm -hmm. you open the dam up and you're we'll like, be here all, all night. night. Yeah, I know it's a lot. Yeah, it's like, who are your influencers? Like, all right. Well, How much go. time you got? Yeah, yeah, it's like a filibuster. It's like, here we go. Here, I'm just going to keep talking. You know? yeah. Every say, single song that's ever been, ever made, been made, ever. Yeah. Oh, dude, my wife is always like, you always say that's your favorite. I'm like, but that, that is one of my but favorites. Yeah, <laughs> like I have a playlist that's like six days worth of music. That's yeah. like all my favorite yeah. tracks. Like it's I not even that. a whole album. I'm like, hell yeah, throw that in. I'm like, those are good. Yeah. The other ones are great, but like these are like the shit. But then mm -hmm. it's still like seven days worth of music. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, but they're all my favorite. <laughs> I love them. I love yeah. all of them. I will defend I, all of these. I will also say for me, when it comes to our band, it's, you know, there's eight people <clears throat> um, and there's a multitude of different influences. I don't think anybody in the band has the same influence. Mm. Um, and so I would also say the Beatles because they made me feel. They make me feel and know that it is okay to have an album com of songs that completely do not fit one mm. genre. You know, maybe you have a blues song, but maybe you have something more funky. Maybe you have something more rock uh -huh. punkish, avant-garde. Avant piece to throw it all together. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. Um, and you have some string arrangement here and yeah. there. And then it's their best-selling album of all time. Right. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely going to pay homage to to the Beatles. Thank you so much. Mm. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, I, I definitely reflect a lot and try to learn a lot from the past. Like, I know, like, anybody that's, like, has a studious nature when it comes to music is, I mean, should be doing that anyways. But, right. like, I wasn't doing, I mean, that was not a pursuit of mine, like, <clears throat> most of my life. And But but I had parents that took music really seriously. And then, like, my, my grandfather played guitar and sang all, like, all of our lives. And, uh, my mother led worship and my dad was a preacher, but she, she was, you know, I grew up all my life with seeing her practice and singing mm. and stuff like that. Uh, and then my sister sang too, but it wasn't, I never had that inclination to want to, yeah, let's go do that. I, I definitely leaned into my, oh, I ran sound. That was my okay. thing. And so I think that adjusted my goals because like definitely I'm, I'm one of those people where I get inspired like, oh, someone in the, the group or the family or the tribe, whatever is going to do that. Like I'm down to try it or whatever. And so I was definitely down to learn the guitar or whatever. But my dad was running sound and when he would go up to speak, I would run it. And so eventually mm -hmm. by the time I was like six or seven, I was I was doing it. And I'd become obsessed with the ear <laughs> actually balancing and actually listening and observation. I, I was an observer. That's. Yeah. And that's what I felt like I should have been, or that's what I was doing, or what I thought my role was. And so I love music, and I was obsessed with it, but I never tried to learn it or, or even even just to cover it, you know, just to understand it a little bit better. Yeah. It was always like magic for a long time. Right. But I kind of wanted it that way, because I, I, I love to, you know, speaking about Transformers and shit, like, I love to, like, take stuff apart and, like, understand how it worked and whatever. But for some reason, I didn't want to do that to music. Like, mm -hmm. I... I kept it purposely like a little, little bit away from me because it was like magic. And I've seen my family work it out and I've seen people come up with things, but I kind of, I don't know what kept me timid about it, but it was almost just cause I loved it. I didn't want to 
leave that or grow out of that for a second. But fast forward now, now I have a completely deeper appreciation for it because I do understand certain shifts and meaning behind it and history behind things. And, um, I don't know, it's, it's, and that's, that's my thing, I guess I'm getting at is, is nowadays things just move so fast. And I feel like a lot of people's reference points are like really immediate. So it's just always great to, I don't know, talk to people that like really like to talk about things that were great and their foundations for like what's great now and not just, you know, not just what's, what's hot on the radio. Yeah. Or like, yeah. yeah distractions. But yeah. Yeah. Distractions. <laughs> In a nice way. It's a nice way of putting it. <clears throat> but yeah. And, and like, yeah, dude. And I mean, you, you bring up the Beatles. I mean, again, I could talk about that all day, so I'll contain myself. But, <laughs> but like, yeah. And like, I mean, like, um, how long has it been? It's only been a few months. Like when Get Back came out, what was that? November oh or something like God. that? Oh my God. Yeah. Like that, that kind of reignited like certain ways of seeing music or, or coming to like wanting to create and just push myself, you know, just like sometimes when you go up and you see a friend or you go up to, to even for your job to say something to a customer or, or for an interview, you don't know exactly what you're going to say, no. right. but, but, but then your character cuts through your, your disposition comes, comes out, you know, it, your, 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 your soul comes through when, when you're actually pushing yourself. And then when you keep yourself from doing that, you don't necessarily know what you're doing if you're not practicing, I guess what I'm saying. And so that's what I think is just super cool about watching a documentary is watching some of these people that, again, I perceived as like they were conjuring magic, you know, it's like, how do they come up with, what was it like 70 plus like hits, you know, like, you know, just whatever. To me as a kid, it was just like magic. And so to see them like push themselves, come in or like the part where he, when Paul comes in the day after they've, they've split up and he's like, I'm Yeah. And, and, but, but he, he knows they're not going to come in on time anyways, even if they do show up and he comes mm-hmm. in just like determined and then he just starts, he figures out the, you know, at least the rhythm part of get back. And, uh, it was just crazy to see that in real time. I mean, I know it's cut and whatever, but, and I know, well, everybody here has probably had that moment where you come up with like some like riff and you're like, Oh yeah. hell yeah. And you're like, you know, you're back, your brain tingles and you're like, Oh yeah, this yeah. is cool. Uh, <laughs> the world's not ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep that yeah. keep that on me but to see a, a again to see a beetle do it it was just like oh okay you know oh cool like he just did it in a chair like yeah <laughs> just sat know? in a chair and in an empty room yeah just that. like just fucking just sitting there I'm like yeah like that's what I do you know it's just like I just I just love it but it's like it's different because it was such a like production and like so much invested into that but like I don't know I just appre- I just like to appreciate that you know, yeah, all that to say for sure. <laughs> Definitely makes you makes it uh, a way more uh, humanistic experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much more like attainable, or right. like relatable. It's like oh, like oh, yeah. see, no matter cool. how famous or like big and successful you are, like everyone's doing the same, same thing, thing. You know, yeah. like from square one, everyone starts out the same. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you gotta see that, <laughs> or you gotta reflect on that. Yeah, like dynamic. If you're gonna take anything seriously, right? If the greats are doing it, then you know, I should be doing it too. Yeah. 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 There's just, no reason that I should feel bad. Yeah. Unless you don't like have foundations in place and sit like that, you know, that's, yeah. that's on you. I have seen people, <laughs> you know, attempt to make music or like try to make music with, with no musical foundation. I will say it's, it's, it's tough be, um, because they can't communicate. They have these mm. ideas in them, yeah. but you know, they get frustrated because they can't communicate and they try to sing it. And maybe uh, their ears aren't trained either. Mm. 
So they're not singing it correctly. They can't tell you uh, what they're what they're trying to tell you. Mm. And like that, that's really tough yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for those that don't have that foundation. Yeah. yeah. And whenever you have to collaborate with someone else that maybe is just a little bit more knowledgeable, but you're trying to, I mean, it's a professional respect or whatever. Right. And if you can't communicate, then, I mean, that is a lack of specificity that's going to might bother people. Yeah. Like, right. Because it's a working, like exchange or like whatever at the end of the day because it's a language yeah right? music is its own language and i think that really that's i feel i think I, that's just like the most important part i think of learning like music theory just being able to talk mm, yeah just like, to explain yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well i mean that's so i want to try and say this right because i've said, <laughs> said it before it's like you can know the notes and stuff but but that's like knowing the alphabet Right. But you, do you know the words and how to put the yeah. words together into a beautiful sentence? Like, yeah. that's mm. the next part. <laughs> right. That's, that's right. learning further. Because we're not just talking like M-Y-N-A-M-E-P-A-T-R-I-C-K. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like huge, huge concepts, you know, wrapped into a nice package every time you, you speak on it or communicate with, with somebody. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Sometimes I forget how complex how many how many layers and how much time was spent um learning and picking up all these Mm, things and then like you know we're just spatting it out to each other oh no it's actually you know e dominant seven with a with a flat nine blah blah blah. and you know i then look at other people and there it's like deers and you deer with headlights Mm. you know they don't know they don't know what you're saying. It mm. sounds like gibberish, but to you, you're like, oh, you know, it's it's simple. All yeah. You get. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's yeah. I don't know. It, it's just good communication. It's it's yeah. That's how you can work well together, man. It's just fitting the the right key in the right lock. You right. Know? Mm. But that, that's what makes a good group is is mm. is when you can be knowledgeable, but you can you know take your ego and like chuck it out the yeah. door and then like figure something out (laughs) that's another tough thing Mm. that's a some obviously like some days are harder than than others some days are super simple like yeah you know i don't know what i'm talking about like let's just (laughs) get in here and do something but other days it's like yo i know what i'm talking about stop arguing with me let me just let me just do it and then you follow i promise it's gonna sound good you have to trust me you have to trust me i'm a professional all right all right that's when you have to negotiate and the group dynamic or make concessions like we can try it yeah we all agree that's not good we're moving on yeah i've tried a lot tried a lot of bad sounds and bad things yeah agreed it is uh that's when, uh, um, unless it's your band, like the Demario mm-hmm. Davis band, <laughs> uh, unless it's your band, then that's when you have to kind of, you either take the lead when it's just complete chaos or you have to, uh, before it gets to complete chaos, you take kind of a democratic pers- uh, pursuit of things. Yeah, Give people negotiate. their chance. Yeah, yeah, negotiate. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, because that's all anyone's trying to do is just like show what they can do. I'm like, I'm right. nothing against that. I. I just want respect and decent communication. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it comes to uh, you guys looking or like finding music, what what do you, how do y'all hunt down music? You know, do you do you look for album artwork? Is there do you have like a homie that's like this is the guru? Honestly, <laughs> Spotify Radio. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, like I just go to all the, you know, songs that I already like and Spotify does a pretty good job of yeah. recommending me stuff that like I might like. So yeah, those algorithms are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um if a band has a killer horn line, I'm sold. Mm. Like really. And a good singer. And a good band. No. <laughs> like, yeah if they have like an awesome just like crazy horn line then i'm in there you mm. got me mm. you hear some good sax and you're down mm. Mm. i'm like i wish i could do that <laughs> <laughs> what about you gabe is there anything that you that you use to kind of discern where your your ears going um no uh because because I perform so much, um, sometimes it can be hard to, sometimes it can be hard to even want to listen to me, new music because I'm so, it's like mm. oversaturation. Mm. I am just oversaturated with music. Mm. Uh, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, okay, I'm focused on the music that I'm having to perform. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's kind of uh, whatever I'm in the season of performing I, I'm doing. And I, I play a lot of different genres. I play classical jazz, mm. um, R&B. I, I did African jazz, um, rock. Uh, we're starting to do more country. Um, and yeah, just so I can make sure that I keep up with everything that I'm doing. Mm. I, but also when you're learning new things, that's kind of how you get into new things. And then you may fall into some stuff. I may, I may get lucky and Spotify radio, harmless plug, um, Spotify radio <laughs> may suggest something to me that I'm like, yo, this is lit. Um, but oftentimes nowadays, mm. um, now that I'm performing a lot, it's, uh, it comes in a lot more sparingly mm. and, um, Sometimes I have to be very conscious of that, making sure that I, I don't grow stagnant in my sound hmm. just because uh, I don't feel like searching for something. Yeah. yeah. And we were talking about the other day, like how usually when uh, usually when I drive home from a gig, like I'm not listening to anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just like, all right. I had enough music for some <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like being a professional carpenter all day and you go home and your partner is like, Hey, can you help me put this IKEA furniture yeah. together? <laughs> exactly. No. No. First of all, that's offensive, yeah. probably because yeah. he's a carpenter. I, yeah. <laughs> you got what? <laughs> you did what? It says it only takes ten minutes. No. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah no, but I get you though. Because like when I when I've been working on stuff or whatever because I, obviously I like I and I have a I have slight tinnitus so like I have a slight you know hissing like every now and then ringing or is it it's, a, it's more of a hiss, hiss like a low low grade hiss kind of Dang. Uh, but I mean it's very very light and as long as I have music going like I don't hear it at all I mean it's, it's very light like and it doesn't drive me crazy like because I've had to work in quiet <laughs> obviously mm -hmm. either at an office well not really an office but when I was a technician and like installing so I couldn't just like have a speaker blaring or like right. whatever uh but so I, I all that to say like I have music on pretty regularly not mm -hmm. to you know combat my tinnitus or whatever but just because like I don't know ambiance fuck it yeah and uh, uh um shit what were we talking about <laughs> Lost my train of thought. But we were, cause we were talking about. Oh, uh, you're, we, I, sorry, I kind of derailed it, but like, I think you were asking us about, um, like, how we find music. 
Yeah. Right? Or like, yeah. how do we, you know, how do we find our influences? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Getting distracted and all that stuff. So like, I'll, I'll, I'll have my music pretty regularly, you know, like when I'm doing my regular job and stuff like that. But then I'll have, you know, dedicated periods, like on a weekend or whatever, I'm like working on music. Or I'll like, this is in the past, like I've taken a day off and like I'm working on it all day or whatever. And like, yeah, I'm done. And then, um, or I go jam for like a few hours or whatever. And like what you said, like when I'm driving on my way home, like, like, yeah, I'll put on that Denzel Curry album or like whatever. And it just comes on and it's like, yeah, this I'm is gonna, really intense right now. I'm just going to turn it like <laughs> a way down <laughs> or like podcast time, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you, you know, I also have seasons. You also have seasons that you like crave a certain sound. So mm, there was, um, yeah. uh, what was it? Like at the beginning of this year, for some odd reason, I was listening to a, a bunch of like violin concertos, mm. like consi- consistently uh, watching the performances you know, being able to, you know, I was like judging, do I like Tchaikovsky, Sibelius, Beethoven, Brahms, like all these different violin concertos. And then the next, the next period, it was like, oh, I'm super into EDM and I <laughs> and just club bangers all day. Like, yeah, you know, let's, let's just do that. And then, you know, just, a, it just depends. Yeah. Yeah. What you're. Now, what you're craving is now since you guys are regularly working on music do you guys go to concerts at all like other you know, I mean, i'd love to but i'm always geeky yeah. <laughs> every, every time they got their show i got my I got show it. too yeah. yeah so like you know i you know all of our friends and stuff they're all we they got stuff going on every weekend mm. and i want to be there to support but can't like yeah i got like i've you, been you want to get some shout out um I think uh, Justin King mm. and Cherry Mantis, or is it Dream Feed? They got a show tomorrow at Stan's Blue Note. No, that's Friday. That's Friday at Stan's Friday. Blue Note. Um, our good friends at Iggy Meji, they are working on... They just had their one-year anniversary today them. for their EP mm. uh-huh. release. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure because they they regularly like record videos and do covers. You know they mm. they 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 produce content quite a quite a mm. yeah, yeah. In a good capacity. Nice. Um, Yasmin's got a show at the <sighs> ruins. Yasmin uh, is insane. I don't know on Friday she has so she has so much energy to do her marketing and then is still constant like getting all this attention from journalists and getting radio play, getting into contests for song contests and stuff. And she's just Hmm. week after week. She put together a really good band too. Yeah. Her her band's Mm -hmm. really good. A lot of good talented artists, Arlington Mm -hmm. musicians. Um, Yeah. I'm just blown away by her and her, and her group every time. Uh, She actually opened for us for our Valentine's event. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, in the topic of concerts you missed, are there any concerts that you've always like, like a dream concert you wish you could have gone to? This is a question I've asked a friend like a long time ago and it just came to me. And I just like it. Like, I mean, like any concert, I mean, like from any time. Period. I wish I could have seen Jimi Hendrix. Um, definitely probably like John Coltrane <clears throat> for sure. I'm a tenor player. He's mm. a really good tenor player. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I would like to see child. I've seen Childish Gambino, but I would like to see him like not in a festival setting. Because mm. then I can actually kind of like listen better. Mm, yeah, sure. I guess. Yeah, I um, saw him at AAC when he was, was like seven years ago. Oh yeah, when he broke his leg. Yeah, when he yeah, broke his uh, foot. Yeah. My fiance was at that show too. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah I saw like, him at ACL like three years ago. Mm, oh, but I was yeah. like way back there so mm, i was like ah yeah. cool <laughs> it's like i'm it's like someone's got like a bluetooth speaker <laughs> and i'm listening to childish gambino yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no that, that show is crazy yeah uh, because he like laid down for like a song and a half uh-huh. everyone's like why, why, why is he just laying on the stage and yeah. then like yeah and then they cut it out and they're like sorry that's the yeah, end like, oh, what the oh, hell oh. and like yeah and then that night they tweeted about how the tour is cancelled or whatever like, uh-huh. dang dang what the hell JFK now childish <laughs> y'all better watch out <laughs> how about you Gabe is there any like legends that you would have or, or even currently you know just anything? for me definitely hurts my heart that I never got to see Daft Punk live mm. the, it hmm. And when um, when they announced their retirement, I was like, "Yo, I w- there was not ta- yet. <laughs> there was There's one more tour. Where's the farewell tour? Yeah. <laughs> there was time now. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, definitely Daft Punk's like my. Um, also, do they tour like? regularly oh, they did. like pretty regular mm-hmm. okay. they were doing some crazy tours um and each tour was so successful because each album was just better and oh better. yeah um definitely a bunch of different classical uh mm. groups like if i go into it if i go into one of the big five uh cities with with one of the big five orchestras that mm. I, you know i try to make it either a point to go see them or mm-hmm. like at least talk about that i want to go see them when i went to chicago uh, okay, so for those of you that don't know anything about orchestras or classical music, so um, traditionally uh, in America, there's the big five orchestras. They're, these are the first American orchestras and some of the biggest institutions of classical music. There mm-hmm. is New York, Philadelphia, Boston, Cleveland, Chicago. Um, and then obviously later on, there were other orchestras that were just, you know, pretty good. Cincinnati, Los Angeles. Um, you know, Dallas has a really good, uh, symphony orchestra. Um, uh, there's one more Atlanta, Atlanta uh, has a great, uh, or symphony orchestra. But anyways, um, when I went to Chicago, uh, in 2021, they were super tight on everything COVID. Mm. Uh, and this was before you had to show a vaccine card to be in public, oh, okay. but you had to be in a mask everywhere. I remember being on a bus and somebody just took off, took off his mask and he sneezed and he started getting cussed out by this one dude. And I was, I was feeling a tickle in my nose and I was like, <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely try to make a point to go see those, uh, those big classical artists, um, if I or classical institutions, if I can, uh, Daft Punk and oh sorry, and then um, definitely the the Live Aid show with Queen. Mm. Oh, um, that's man. that's a big one. Yeah. I still I watch that show probably twice, three times a year, hmm. just to man, like wow. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, that sea of people. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's there, there's a few 
concert videos. I mean, I know there's still like waves of people at events and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but you know, seeing it on the, the old film, you know, on the, the grainy shit. Yeah. Like, like what was it? Uh, uh, it's like one of the biggest ones like at the time or whatever. It's like Metallica in uh, somewhere, not America. It was somewhere else, but there was like 1.2 like million people or whatever. Oh my God. And it's like, and it's like you, and it's like, again, like an old tape camera, like spanning the, the crowd and you just yeah. like see like, you know, just like the, the, st- the sticks in the air and the flags are just like forever away. Just like, like what you're saying with Gambino sounding like a, a Bluetooth speaker. Like, yeah. I don't even know what the people at the back, you know, right. With the, with like, the could spe- they even hear it a yeah. million people away? <laughs> Can't even yeah. see anything. And especially with the amps, tech, like the amp technology, at, like in the early nineties oh, or whatever, right. like, yeah, yeah, they could probably hear like maybe like the, the kick. Yeah. Like right. The, the, it's like 10, <laughs> like full stacks. <laughs> Just. Uh, do you guys ever see that, that reel with uh, Kendrick Lamar is, is on humble. He's, he's doing humble from his, uh, from his album, damn. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, my last, my last stroke just went viral mm-hmm. and the entire stadium is singing, is rapping the cadence in perfect rhythm in perfect time. He's not even rapping anymore. He's just watching. And I just see like maybe 30, 40,000 people all just rapping your song. I just, I couldn't imagine. I, I can't imagine 1.2 million at all. Like that's unfathomable to me. I don't, I've never seen that many people in one place at one time, but that's I can't insane. even imagine having a stadium full of people, you know, recite your lyrics yeah. back oh, to you. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's like, well, oh, they like me. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I remember um, that that group, Men I Trust. Like they, they've kind of like really busted out, like, like a year ago, year and a half ago. Like, because mm-hmm. uh, I think what really brought them out to more attention was Tyler the Creator had him at that. Uh, what's this festival called? Oh, um, Camp Flaw. Yeah, nah. yeah, yeah, right? Right? No, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. Yeah, he he had him at the last one right before COVID or whatever. Oh, okay. And uh, like, uh, just because like, yeah, he just found him on like Bandcamp or whatever, and uh, and then yeah, they've like opened for like Krungbin and um, oh, I love a that. Few yeah, other yeah, people. Oh, great. yeah, Holy yeah, shit. fantastic. They're from Houston. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fantastic. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. And uh, uh, man, who else? Did they? they open up for someone else. But anyways, I just remember it was like a year ago or so. And they had just started their first tour. Men I trust, like like uh, like an American tour, like all because they're from Canada. Um, and so when they started their tour, it was the the it wasn't like one of their first shows, but one of the shows. By the time they got to L.A., they they like started to play a song, and uh, I think the song had actually started to become popular on TikTok. And so when they came and they opened it, or they, I don't think they opened with it, but when they played it, they they recorded it and put it on on Instagram, like on their story. And like, yeah, like it was just that moment where it was like the first city I think they had gone to where like this full crowd of people in a decent sized venue all knew the song. And like they were, she was just blown away. She couldn't even sing it. And then like just let the crowd take it away. Yeah. It was like, I can't believe this is fucking happening right, right. now. Right. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I wrote this song in my chair in this empty room. Yeah. And, you know, millions. Yeah, here of, we are. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a crazy. That's gotta be a crazy feeling. Mm, but yeah, it. but at that scale, it's gotta be like another like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm good <laughs> for, for for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, it's your son's birthday. Well, you, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have a million people? With me? Yeah. <laughs> Is he gonna sing my song to me? Oh my god. Does he have a million friends coming to the party? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you gotta imagine that's gotta be a. 
dopamine or yeah. serotonin like rush like and then you got crash yeah. <laughs> it's like oh my god yeah <laughs> nothing yeah. like that's gotta be crazy like that's not normal like <laughs> no. that's not a human thing to do no not a, not a very, it's like something that cleopatra would would experience and even then <laughs> cleopatra what it, cleopatra is experiencing is such a small level compared yeah. to like having 1.2 million people <laughs> right. recite things that you and, wrote and things that you me. like really worked on because you know yeah. that's one thing I, that's like kind of a theme that gets brought up a lot in the show with talking to artists is like being actually seen like not like how people perceive you on social media or like whatever but like someone knows an interest of yours that's really deep or like knows like one of your songs and you're like oh wow like holy shit like mm -hmm. i put a lot of time into that and like and if you know that then like you kind of know this like you know deep little part of me and like that's that's so crazy yeah. yeah and like yeah i mean that that really is just like pure work on display and it like connected and like that that's just got to be one of the purest like feelings of that like as a human to be like Oh wow! Yeah. People like like super rewarding. Yeah, like, everything. All that time like was worth it, and yeah. then some. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like it was worth defending who I was for like so long in mm -hmm. a certain in a certain sense, you know. Because mm -hmm. now it's like, cool, wow, I realized right. this is me. Yeah, it's like hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, hmm. Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Well, <laughs> um. We have a new duo act. We oh, do have yeah. a new duo act. It's called Parker and Pat. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. PMP, double P, pianissimo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our sound is forte. Yes. No. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. That's, that's um, corny as shit. I <laughs> We're playing uh, Sambuca uh, 360 on Wednesday. Uh, we had played Binion's, which is a new bar in Arlington. That was um, our first like official. Mm, nice. Official. Duo, but we had been doing duo stuff for, for about a year. For a year now. Yeah, yeah. Off and on. Nice. I would just kind of, he'd be doing a solo thing and I would come crash it. and <laughs> Yeah, he would come through with his trumpet and then we'll just. Just light the place on fire. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's trumpet, guitar, and then y'all sing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just just works really well. Obviously, we knew that it would from doing cover band work and then also doing Artemis Funk and being co-front people for that band. And really just kind of the energy that we share on stage when it comes to Artemis Funk is... And people may be mad at me for saying this, but it is kind of what gave Artemis Funk its its edge. Is like you're getting you're getting two different, completely different uh, singers' perspectives. Mm. You know, one side you're getting this super hard rock sound is in your face. You know, you're gonna feel like your rock a rock show, and then you're kind of getting this more like soulful, jazzy singer who's gonna make you cry. Hmm. And um, and then they both play horns. And then they both yeah. And then we're the <laughs> horn section as well. So we it, nice. It's yeah. just kind of like wow. Yeah. 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 Well, any uh, plans for the future, or just gonna keep on doing what y'all are doing right now? Honestly, just keep on doing what I'm doing. Like I finally, so I went full time music last year. Oh wow! And nice. um, <laughs> you know, it's been a it's been a really you know it's been a grind for sure. Hmm. Definitely like what I want to be doing, but it's not without like it's you know like setbacks and sure. you know obstacles. Yeah. But um, you know, I'd always like for a year I was just scrounging for gigs. Hmm. You know, just like. 
um, like, do you want to book me? Are y'all booking live music? Like, yada, yeah. yada. But it wasn't until about probably March of this year hmm. to where, like, I've been booked for, like, the rest of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So, um, like, this year, like, from March to now, I've been averaging, like, 15, 16 shows a month. Hmm. And, um, you know, and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. Like even this morning I hit up 20 venues to see if they were booking live music and, nice. and, you know, two of them already got back to me. So hopefully yeah. more bookings in the future, but yeah. yeah. More victories means more tries. That's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. like I'm finally, I feel like I'm finally like settling into like where I've been wanting, wanting to be, yeah. to be. Cause like, you know, i this whole, like, where I'm at right now is, like, it's, like, been a thing that's been, like, almost a decade in the making. Mm. Like, I started my very first band when I lived in Austin down in 2014. Okay. And then ever since then, like, I was, like, this is what I'm going to do mm. for, my for like, the rest of my life. And, you know, every move that I've made since then has just been trying to lead me to where I'm at now. And then hopefully in the future it grows even yeah. more yeah wow that's wonderful man yeah well best Thank of luck to you appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well y'all uh y'all definitely know what you're doing and and yeah i look forward to what y'all come up with and what the future holds yeah we uh, i don't know about knowing what we're doing we're kind of making this up as we, <laughs> as we go uh, whatever I, we're doing is working yeah so, <laughs> so far so good i uh pat and i talk about this often and again i'm gonna say some things that might piss people off but, uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we, our focus, um, we believe that there's a money-making side at, because you need to be able to fund yourself. You need to be able to pay your bills, eat, yeah. you know, take care of yourself. Yeah, and then there's the artistic side where you're creating. I think where the hangup happens for a lot of musicians is that there's this over, there's this overwhelming need almost to where it's an addiction to be famous. Hmm. Uh, like it's kind of the end all be all problem solver. Um, and then I'll see my friends who, who want to be famous so bad. And then I'm like, Oh, why don't you learn covers? And they'll be like, Oh, well, I don't want it to get in the way of my art or <laughs> this, that, and the other. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, uh, let me know how your art goes. And then, and then we, as Artemis Funk, even though we're Artemis Funk, we split our we split our time, but Artemis Funk's art will still be kind of overwhelmingly, um, it, it it just outshine people who kind of put all their emphasis on being famous, mm. and um, you know it's like oh well you know we we're we're gigging and we made 150 200 bucks as a band and we all took it and it's like I I gig for money so that when we do our artistic gigs and we're making like you know pretty good money we don't have to uh we don't have to eat that we can just put it in a, an account hmm. and it can pay for our uh our projects it can pay sure, for yeah. artemis it can pay for our recordings our yeah. music videos uh and so i think that's one thing that has because um, uh i personally will also be leaving my job uh, pretty soon, probably like towards uh, 
I will after I get back from a bachelor party this at the end of this month, I will be putting in my two weeks. Um, but I I will definitely say that being a full time musician, being a full time artist, could not have been possible if um, for me if I did not prioritize sustainability over mm. over being big and famous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's a really important thing to go into. Um, in this new era of of entertainment, yeah, yeah, and and uh, instant gratification, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As soon as yeah, as soon as I was like, you know what, chances of me, you know, being like on one of these like big ass screens, like playing for thousands of people, like the chances of me doing that are very slim. So like, let me focus on what I know I can do and what I am good at, and then like yeah. that really lifted a lot of weight off my shoulders and like everything just got so much easier yeah hell yeah and like the gigs just started flowing in yeah because you have to find scalable growth like you have to find yeah uh, i can't just go yeah you have to find real footholds to take you know and and real mentors <clears throat> to like can guide you into places where you don't you don't know what that path looks like yeah. right or it's just it's it's feels almost unearthly complicated or or you're you you're too comfortable you know like right right like, well why isn't this working like right. i think uh -huh. i'm doing everything I'm i know how to do and like uh -huh. hell yeah you're doing everything you know how to do like yeah. you don't know everything right. and it's like people are i feel like lots of people are like really antsy like they think i don't know if it's true for everybody but mm. i feel like people think like you have to get everything done before you're 30 mm. you know like everyone wants to be famous make it big in their 20s there's a big like grind like up, big sense go. of urgency yeah. you know just be like yeah, oh i gotta yeah. like once once i reach a certain age like it's over for me there's no way i'm gonna be yeah. doing this but i mean chris da tennessee whiskey came out when chris stapleton was 37 mm. and he won a grammy right mm. for that, oh, that song year. oh hey my yeah. my my standing inspiration and why i even chose to start the show actually i'll give a shout out to this man this gentleman, uh, Bill Withers, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's ex that's yeah. exactly what I was going to bring up next. He, yes. he was working at a military factory when he was 31. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was gigging at cafes like whenever he could to build his you know repertoire to actually build up a handful of songs to present yeah. to somebody. Right. Yeah, and he you know just flew with it, you know, yeah. and got in front of the right person, and then like, yeah, it's just because he didn't stop. He went at a, at his pace, you mm -hmm. know. But once he got in, I mean, he was he you know you know. His first album. I mean, he was working with um, Stephen Stills and Booker T. Washington, and and uh, and like yeah, blowing them away. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, people that were like leading the charge of music, like but you know at that point, especially to him, to Bill's perspective, mm -hmm. his heroes. Right. Yeah. To be his like, hero. yeah, because like you know the part in uh, Ain't No Sunshine where he says I know like twenty seven times or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a placeholder, and and then when he did that in front of them, they're like, I really like that part, and he's like, that's just a placeholder, and yeah. he's like. And then they're all mm -hmm. telling like, no, you got to do that. This a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is a testament to the, uh, you know, you can you make a lot of decisions every day. You just have to decide to stick to it, you right. know, type of thing. Bill Withers is another person I would I would have loved to see. Mm, yeah, in absolutely. Yeah. I'd love me some Bill Withers. Oh, man. He's, yeah, he's, he's one of those people that has inspired me in a lot of ways. But, yeah, that Car his Carnegie Hall uh that live CD, I would have loved to see that. See that, yeah, because that was. I think he had just come out with still, still Bill, so he was like, yeah, really. I mean, it was. I mean, he was t definitely taking off, but like, 
you could kind of tell he was getting real comfortable, you know, yeah. and like, oh, cool. Yeah, I can like, y'all are into like. I am Bill with it. Yeah. It's yeah, so like, <laughs> like, y'all actually like want to hear this. All right, yeah, cool. I'm the just going to hang out. The syndrome has yeah. worn off. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm just going to hang out and talk to y'all about my grandma. Yeah. About that. <laughs> I think uh, the narrative that has been pushed, even you see it in, you see it in like TV shows and movies. It's always centered around like extremely young people you know high mm, school to, yeah. to early 20s yeah. you know it's like oh this is the prime time to do things and if you don't do anything by this time well like you don't you're not even the main character yeah you're the, you're the well, okay character. there's and there's the problem it's not just an instant gratification problem it's also i'm the main character problem right <laughs> right because exactly. then I'm, if i don't do it then i'm just another like cog in the machine yeah right. you know? like, i'm not an npc like, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm out there doing things yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah i know but you gotta cut through the hey is like you know and be different yeah. and they're like well, i'm different and like i know but you I gotta know. really fight for it you got yeah. you know at this you can't I, just be different you yeah. have to do different like yeah. I, I always i always say this that like no one's Jimi hendrix is in a room by themselves like he had the work and, and network and like be taught and like you know be studious like he didn't just like yeah come he out had the whole swinging. experience he knew it all yeah he, <laughs> he was the experience yeah. you know so he, he knew what he was doing right out the gate even kanye um, oh yeah you know it, i feel like that was one of the big people that people worship because he you know famous i think he came out with college dropout when he was 19 mm-hmm. uh 19 mm-hmm. or 20 he 20, was really yeah. young uh but because we we got to glimpse this documentary uh we know that that whole like oh yeah young making it somebody's gonna cut, bust into my living room we've been looking for you yeah, doesn't yeah. happen because he was busting into he, all these yeah, rooms yeah, yeah trying to show his his yeah and everybody's like hey man uh where my beat at though where's my beat and you know he he rose he he gained the money himself you know to to even make his music videos and to to put out his own album because uh, because he was shelved for so long. Um, but, but the problem is, before the documentaries come out, nobody talks about the grind. Nobody shows the actual oh, grind. Yeah. And well, it's, it's, it's like the overnight success that took 10 years, you know, yeah. in the making. And especially now with these, like we were saying in the very beginning with playlists and shit or finding new music, the algorithms, the almighty algorithms right. that yeah. like, yeah, that like can just skyrocket you to like, oh wow, this playlist curator or a wave of curators and now like, oh yeah, this song's a vibe, hell yeah. And put it on and like, boom, now you're just taking off. It's like, it, just yeah. 20 years ago, it's like it's a way more hustle and grind. Right. And it's just, yeah, I don't know, it's a lot of work. And even now it's, it's it's I don't want to say it's easier because of all those things. If anything, now there's more people throwing in their, you know, their their towel to see, or, you know, throwing in their piece to see what'll, what'll happen. Yeah. The market's definitely more saturated yeah. than it was, oh, yeah. you know. But they're also learning and observing. And so you potentially also have more fans involved. You yeah. have potentially more people trying to soak up and, and get inspired just like you are. Right. Um, so, but it, it's such an interesting time because now you know try and produce something on your own and 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 send it off to someone to be mastered and and i don't know it, it's just and i just feel like the comfort of technology like where we are right now with like especially like apps like i'm gonna make a beat or whatever it's like yeah but you can't license that shit or like whatever it, it's just it's becoming so easy and mm-hmm. and that's why you have to observe the past and really like be studious and go after it but man i don't know not to mention uh what I've noticed, because I'm a music business major in college, hmm. um, what I've seen is that a lot of, you know, people like Prince, Jay Z, uh, 
Chance the Rapper, Kanye, the people who are are like, you know, protesting the loudest, like own your own music, mm. f the record labels. You know, obviously they already have their platform, but um, what people don't always realize is how much a record label actually does for an artist. Oh yeah, because that's your you know that's your artist development to actually become the you know person on stage that people want to see you as. Um, Get like vocal coaches, vocal coaches, dance coaches. Um, your you know, people find the the right studio, the right producers, uh, people to do your advertisement, your yeah. artwork, your distribution, yeah. uh, your marketing schemes. Uh, find the people who are going to record your um, your music video for you. Find the musicians who are going to play on your stuff, and then fund all fund all of that so that you don't have to worry about why well, I got to raise the money, I got to make this Instagram post, and then I got to do this, and then I got to do that. Like they. They do it all for you. That's why they charge you so much because it's it's quite a bit of work. And that is something that Artemis Funk has discovered is that um, in the future, we want to build a team around us because we want us as artists to be artists. Um, mm. We don't always want to be the managers and the accountants and the social yeah. media people. And, you know, it, it takes away from us creating. Um and so that's that's also a thing that I've noticed with artists is that, you know, um, either they're super into their social media, but their art <clears> sucks <throat> or they're super into their art and their marketing sucks and nobody sucks. hears about it. Hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a cruel twist of fate. Some people are good at doing all of it or having like where it's all at a good moderate level all around. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, you and know, they just don't have balance. time for anything else. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's their life. They, they post 20 times a day and, uh, but their art is, you know, pretty good enough. Their songs are, are catchy and they, they get the crowd fast enough to where it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Attention, 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 attention. Now they're going on tour, or, you know, uh, at least being put on to open up for a big act yeah. and, and such like that. So I, I, I would hope that in the future, um, we have us artists now have this aha moment where we can turn around and be like, oh, okay, this is what, uh, if we decide not to go with the label path, this is what we're losing and this is what we need to do to balance that loss. Yeah. 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 Or to realize just how much work is going to be expected and then right. after how long are you willing to you know, do all of that? You know, like what's your expectation in, in that balance? Yeah, because it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, because, yeah, to pr produce something, promote it, and to actively be it, you know, or to come up with it. Like, I'm, when I say produce, I don't mean just be the action of making it, but also, I guess, post. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the, the production, the post, and the publicity. Like, those three are, like, those are three, that's a three-headed dragon. Like, it's not just, like... Different industries, people go into majors, yeah, different majors for each, each one, one of those things. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, when I used to work at Guitar Center, this guy, one of the audio guys, I think he used to work for a label or something, mm -hmm. but he, he would tell me, like, secretary is a producer. Went down to the financial department. All of them are producers and musicians. Hmm. And, like, you know, Oh dang! Yeah, it's like you know, you being a musician is the baseline yeah. to get into the industry. You know, because you know, there's a, there's a whole lot more than just you know the artist, the star. The artist has a whole team around them. Correct. But yeah. you know, it's like everyone who works for that artist is probably like you know just as good or if not better. 
than that person. It's just that they're, that person is marketable. Yeah, they're the product. Yeah, and you're not. Yeah, yeah. or or that those that's the team, that team members' point of view. It's yeah, like, I just rather be the the hired gun. Right. Yeah. You know, Get the consistent paycheck. Honestly, yeah. that I I like that idea more because I feel like it's more sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like I might have to go on the road for a few weeks, but you know, like. I get to come home and chill. Like, I'm not worried about, oh, crap, I got to make another album. Mm, like, yeah. he's hitting me up to help him make his album. Yeah, I still <laughs> owe, the, I owe the label six figures. Right. And I already paid mm. them six figures. It's like, I'm going home with a check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm going to go on the tour with, with homie, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm just going to jam at my favorite spots and try to pick up a something. Yeah. Know, yeah. Gigs. yeah. 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 It's like, I don't know, uh, like, y'all know uh, Isaiah Sharkey? Mm-hmm. The guitarist, he, yeah, like he was just like with John Mayer, and yeah. now he's he's on the Colbert show like for like a couple of weeks, and then like a yeah. short residency at Blue Note and like New York, and I'm like hell yeah, man. He was just <laughs> yeah. in a he was just one of the PRS commercials that just came out. No, oh, yeah, 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 but yeah, like, yeah. I mean, but he's he's a killer, but like yeah, hell yeah, like just yeah. I mean, he's he. It's not like he's like the main guy. I mean, he's kind of turned into that now, but mm-hmm. like you the know, main he's John Mayer guy. Yeah, well, okay. but it's like he's he's just you know he's going around the same with like all the Wolfpack guys, mm, you know, like yeah. Corey Wong's got his own band now, and mm. you know I know they're just probably just like bouncing around. Oh, Mark Latieri, yeah, yeah, Mark yeah. Latieri, yeah. he's yeah, going around, he's going Snark, around, puppy. putting yeah. his name yeah. on different records and such. Yeah. Uh, he was on Chills album. Yeah, he was on Chills album. He's on uh, jo- uh, Joseph D'Angelo's album, uh, who's also like a, a, a like a DFW. Um, artist mm. um yeah it, but they're all doing the same thing that we're doing they're just doing it on a bigger level yeah. with more on the, the line. like highest yeah level. at the highest level like yeah, but yeah. they're they're just they're gigging they might be teaching yeah uh they'll they'll have soul acts dual acts big big group acts you know whatever it takes to to create to create and to fund and to just keep prov- the music going yeah keep it yeah. going yeah. no matter what yeah yeah yeah. We all can't just be the Beatles, where we, you know, we're a we're a band that makes it mega global. Well, and big. shit. Yeah. I mean, they were down in Hamburg for like six years, just playing for like six hours, like every night before yeah. anyone even found them. Right. <laughs> like just playing like American covers and yeah, and like random shit. Like yeah, <laughs> I mean they were yeah. I mean I think it was like four, like five or six years before they got you know real attention and mm-hmm. the real managers were actually coming mm-hmm. out. Again, that whole 10 years before the overnight success, you know. Well, that's what they, when I was in a punk rock band before Artemis Funk, our manager, I remember talking to our manager. She was really smart, but um, she she was like, most people, most people do think it is overnight success. But she was like, on average, your average band before they hit it big, 10 years, it's a, it's a decade. Mm. It's a decade of consistent work. Um, and... You know, we're we're Artemis Funk. It'll it'll be our fifth year being a band next year, and I can tell you for a fact that there have been some really tough times being an eight piece band. Uh, you know, and we're we're just four years in, and you're like thinking, okay, well, uh, that's part of the the journey that nobody talks about hmm. is you know, but you see, you saw it in the documentary where like uh, for Beatles where they were like fighting, oh, you yeah. know, and yeah. we fight we love each other but we fight yeah um 
And because of that, you you start to really understand why these acts that last for so long are so great is because they have they have done the emotional, mental, hmm. uh, financial and the, the spiritual and musical work it takes to actually be something legendary and not just something, you know, that everybody else does. Because we I, I don't know about you, but I could tell somebody my guffs. Oh, this is what happened at Artemis Funk. This, this person said this to this and this happened and then this person might have walked out and they'll be like man it just sounds like you guys are you know you guys are always fighting you, i don't know if you guys should be a band anymore i don't think it's worth it and that would be the average response and i i don't blame them and if honestly somebody came to me and asked and told me that same thing i'd probably be like i don't know maybe you need to step away step back you know mm-hmm. uh, it sounds like you need to breathe but i know out there uh, there are bands that are really doing well, um, but they've been playing with each other for 14 years uh, to the point where now they, they have like, you know, they got gray hair showing. You can't just pluck it out anymore. <laughs> and but, you know, uh, there there is a level of depth, trust and love that they have for each other that most people just don't understand mm. because they would more than likely quit on each other when it when it gets that tough. Mm. And, it, and it does get it's like, really it's, tough. It's like being in a family. Yeah, it is a family. Yeah. Yeah. We are. We, Artemis Funk is a family. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. it's a commitment to an idea. Right. To, yeah. To endure, uh, hopefully, potentially, you know, uh, short things, you know, short period stints of like confusion or misunderstanding, uh, misunderstanding right, or, right. or, you know, frustration. And this, I mean, and that's what we were talking about before is yeah. like just taking that ego out and be like, all right, it's not like you versus, at the door. <laughs> it's not you versus me. It's like just figuring this out. Like, yeah. you know, and usually, like, usually like our rehearsals can be kind of stressful, but, um, it's just, it just usually takes like the show that we're rehearsing for to remind us all like, oh, this is why we do this. Mm-hmm. I think I think our most recent Valentine show was uh, <clears throat> was a big refresher uh, because mm-hmm. it was um, okay. Now I'm gonna talk about some things. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a uh, theater. Uh, okay, so Ar- uh, Arlington doesn't have a whole bunch of uh, venues to perform mm, at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like Dallas, it's not like Fort Worth. And so during the pandemic, we lost a big one, which was Truth Vinyl, because Truth Vinyl mm. was accepting. It was a, it was a nice looking venue. It mm. was kind of hard to play in if you were a big band because the sound would bounce around and you get you. Was, it was feedback small central, mm. small, space, small space, but it was gotcha. it was consistent. They were allowing anybody to play. They were they were having music there maybe three, four times a week. Mm. Um, and it was it was a good vibe. We lost that. During the pandemic, I hear that they're going to come back, but, you know, still haven't seen them. So we'll see. But um, after that, you know, you kind of get you don't you you get a little bit worn out from playing caves or, you know, playing Jay Gilligan's or playing like the the regular bar. So there was this venue called the Black Box Theater. Um, and that was the next step up. You'd have mm. to pay for that venue. But it was affordable. Um, we had played Arlington Hall, and I remember turning around and asking, "How much is it to play in this big hall that we just played in?" Six thousand dollars to get that to get that big hall. Hmm. Um, I think we were able to to get we were able to get the black box for six seven hours for five hundred for a day. Five hundred for a hmm. day. Um, 
plus you have to pay for their alcohol people uh, but more mm. on that later but um, <laughs> you know um forget it you know i if i get in trouble whatever so uh, what we found out is that the owners are privatizing the venue and um mm. you know they're just telling everybody they're closing it down but they're just kind of keeping it open for them and their homies um and it's because of things like that where uh, it, it makes it hard to to be an artist in Arlington because it feels like the powers that be kind of always shoot you down. I remember we had a meeting with uh, some of the people from the Levitt Pavilion and some mm, of the yeah. university professors uh, from UTA and the people from city council were on this Zoom call and everybody was discussing um discussing the what is it the uh, music city grant mm -hmm. yeah there was a big music yeah, the, city the, grant yeah a city for music yeah and so they wanted us to put all of our names at a database which if they if any of these powers that be had been in, you know involved at all uh they would have known that uh arlington knights already had the database they had everybody who who performs in arlington or like was intending on performing in arlington mm. had all the contact information but they they weren't about it they got those names radio silent levitt pavilions putting on you know good shows uta is starting to play at the levitt pavilion inviting guest artists to to perform with them but the venues that aren't affiliated with the levitt or with the university um saw none of that money the artist the 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 artists that aren't affiliated with that didn't see any money and so you see everybody else kind of uh struggling a little bit and kind of kind of asking themselves like you know what what happened with this but anyways uh, i music say that friendly city yeah right music friendly where music friendly to these lame-ass country artists oh. but anyways <laughs> no. um uh i say that to say that when we when we put on hardimus uh at the black box First of all, thanks to thanks to my boy Pat and his fiance Trang, they you know we all three of us put our heads together and we literally made the best event that the Black Box Theater has ever seen. Ever seen, Mo highest capacity. Uh, we reached the capacity limit and surpassed it a little bit, even all the way up to the last uh, last set, uh, which was beautiful to see. That you could you could not you could not see any walking space in the back except the door. Hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's gorgeous. And, you know, I remember that time being very stressful. I came back from playing a music convention, uh, the, that morning hmm. and then came in and my, you know, my red suit was in the, uh, in the tailors getting, getting hemmed and everything. I just remember doing the sound check and putting up the, the decorations were being put up. And I just remember holding my breath and being like, here we go. And then I show up with my suit and everything uh, about an hour and a half later. And uh, the first act is going up. First act has a has a pretty good crowd and it's just getting bigger and bigger. And you're just seeing all the fruit of of your labors being um, actualized and realizing like this is the third time we've put this on hmm. and it just got bigger. And the powers that be that kind of doubt us and doubt our capability. We're showing them up um, time and time again. And I think that really revitalized us. I remember the meeting right after, the day after, and it was just such a beautiful, heartfelt, heartwarming, like, I know we did this, I know we did that, but 
when we really put our minds together and kind of focused, we made something absolutely spectacular. And hmm. man, I, almost brings me to tears. Like it's just, it's just, wow. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, we we worked our butts off for that show. We did. Not only for the music, but like everything else. Like my fiance, uh, Trang, she was she was making us like these little like commercials like mm. after like our practices and stuff mm. and you know really helping out with our marketing that way got us um got us like some flyers made um you know just really spreading the word and you know we uh, definitely definitely couldn't have done it without her our graphic artist who made our who made our graphic which is you know um surprisingly addicting uh, to look at, especially when we had the LED screen behind us, yeah. that whole event, it was, you know, uh, MoMA, MoMA can't, you know, can't take anything away from them. Um, but um, yeah, it and all that show showed me is that all the things that the record labels did, we went out and searched for ourselves, brought it to us for one show, yes, and it did cost us quite a bit of money, but we made that money back and we're able to pay everybody out handsomely on time. But it just shows that, you know, we in this city that where the odds are against us, we are able to put on some pretty spectacular things. Hmm. And I am uh, I am thankful for everybody that we worked with, everybody that came to the show, all of our friends that are also artists and doing big things and doing content, Iggy Meji going out to, to Brooklyn for the second time, flying out there, you know, um, just impressed. And uh, I hope that the powers that be, uh, when they're no longer the powers that be, will will turn around and be like, wow. It's crazy, because yeah. like, what if y'all helped us? Imagine yeah, imagine, just, imagine where we could, where Arlington could be at. What if, be, be at. <laughs> what, if a, what if a local band opened for one of these Levitt Pavilion artists instead of, you know, you know, one of these country artists. Just some guy. Yeah, just some guy. <laughs> Music friendly. Uh, anyways, that's my little soapbox. Hopefully I don't get in too much trouble. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, Arlington's a big city. It's a growing city. Mm. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and now with the label of, now actually being labeled a city for music, see yeah. what that type of attention garners and what type of action, you know, yeah. from the yeah. community. Because, I mean, that's, all you are is how you respond to change at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And um, if the change doesn't come, then you try to make change. If the change yeah. comes and you don't like it, then you fight it probably. Yeah. But that's up to you. That's up to you. And uh, yeah, and at the end of the day, it really boils down to having endurance for this dream, for this vision, you know, that you're trying to put into place. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Another day in the life. <laughs> yeah, another day in the life. But yeah, but much love and respect. And uh, again, thank you guys for, for coming out. And uh, thanks Yeah, for thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your vibe is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll be trying, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, maybe we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. For sure. Cool.